Ngayong gabi sa tanan. Good evening and thank you, Orchestra. And um, I'd like to welcome everybody sa ito ang uh, Bible, ba Bible Baptist Institute graduation program. This is uh, the 59th year of our Bible Baptist Institute. So to open our uh, program, I'd like to request our pastor, Pastor Ansel Muingay, to open us in a word of prayer. Let us all rise, please, and close our eyes, our heads in prayer. Gracious, loving, Heavenly Father, first of all, we humbly come to thy throne of grace tonight, thanking you for the life you have extended, the good measure of health you have given each one of us tonight. Lord, this is a very special moment for us as far as full-time workers are concerned. We're here, Lord, to observe and uh, see what um, full-time worker is all about, Bible school is all about. And we pray, dear Father, that you would allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in our minds, in our hearts tonight that our lives will be blessed by what we see and what we hear tonight. May the Holy Spirit of God fill us with uh, the joy of training these full-time workers into the ministry. And Lord, I pray tonight that every word will bring blessing to us and strength to us spiritually. And we also pray that those who are listening to us especially those who are not saved, may be blessed by the word and be saved even tonight. Thank you, Lord. Bless everyone present and those who are watching us live this evening. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We give all the praise to thee. Amen and amen. You may all be seated, please. And once again, welcome sa ang Bible Baptist uh, Institute graduation program. So, uh, as mentioned ganina, this is the 59th year of our Bible Baptist Institute. And truly, from the ministry of Pastor Shat, until uh, sa ministry ni Pastor Ingay, God has blessed our church and our, our school, and uh, He has covered us with His grace, no? and we are still uh, striving no, to uh, continue sa to ang Bible Baptist uh, Institute or our Bible school uh, through this church. And at this time, like to recognize uh, all our faculty members who taught sa Toang Bible School this year. First of all, no, um, like to recognize Reverend Anselmo Biingay. He's teaching uh, the subject sot Soteriology, the Doctrine of Salvation, Angelology, the Doctrine of Angels, Demons, and Satan. Eschatology, the doctrine of the last things. And next is Ma'am Elsie Ingay, teaching uh, our Bible school the files and records, subject also the book of Psalm, and uh, teaching pedagog pedagogy. Thank you, Ma'am Elsie, and also Ma'am uh, Araselia Spiras, teaching the subject of English. And next, thank you, Ma'am, Ma'am Sal. And next, Ma'am Ellen Rachel Ingay teaching practical music and piano lessons also 
practical music. And yours truly teaching the subject song leading and choir directing. So that's all our uh, para sa tuang faculty. Uh, unfortunately, non uh, wala wala tay mga kanang uh, mga pastors or uh, other pastors na nagatudlo because of uh, problems sa tuang transportation. So maglisod sila o tabok from border to border no uh, sa time sa tuang pandemic and Also, I'd like to recognize our uh, students for uh, the school year 2020 at the Bible Baptist Institute. Let's start with our first uh, first year students, Brother Noel Fat, and uh, please remain standing, um, Ma'am Glassy May Fat, also. Um, Brother Jose Makauyag and also Sister Ellen Makauyag. These are our first year students. Let's give them a round of applause. Next, for our second year student, we have Brother Kevin Salud. Stand. Shalat on second year student. Let's give him a round of applause. And from our third year students, our graduates, our Brother Elmer Dano. Please stand. And um, Brother Jetro James Fernandez, please remain standing. Also, Sister Suhara Abdul and Sister Noraline Linas. Let's give them a round of applause. I'd like to recognize as well the family members of uh, Brother Elmer Dano. Naabay family member ni Brother Elmer Dano, dari karong gabi Hala, and... Brother Elmer, and next is ang family members and relatives ni Brother Jetro Fernandez. Please stand as we recognize atong mga family members, atong mga students. Check. Next is uh, family members of Suhara Abdul, Sister Suhara Abdul, mga relatives. See the parents ni uh, Sister Suhara. Thank you, ma'am, sir, and also. Um, the family members ni uh, Sister Noraline Linas. Naba? So, uh, so, sir, welcome, sir. And I'll just give him a round of applause. So, mostly sa mga family members at mga students kay nasa uh, lahi na lugar. So, di sila makatodere. But uh, I believe though they are happy and uh, blessed uh, to have uh, their family members na mo graduate karong gabi. And next sa tong program will be A special number, this is a pre-recorded special number of our Bible students. And this time, let's um, hear no, and see Satwan video wall for our special number.
Thank you uh, sa tuwang students for that great special number. Reminding us no, na ang tinuod na tumong sa tuwang Bible School is to share the Word of God to the regions beyond. At this moment, no, we will hear um, from one of our graduating students, Brother Elmer Dano, a message from the Word of God. So, Brother Elmer, please come and let's give him uh, a round of applause. Good evening, everyone. I would like to thank the Lord for calling me into full-time service. For Pastor Anselmo Ingay, who allowed me to study in Bible school, and faculty members for their patience and endurance in teaching us. My message for tonight is entitled, Paul's. Conversion and Calling Paul's Conversion and Calling Please open your Bible in Acts chapter 9 Acts chapter 9 verses 3 to 6 Magalingkod lang mo mga igso na kung basahon Acts chapter 9 chapter 9 verses 3 to 6 And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Soul, soul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling in astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Paliwag sa pagduko sa tumaulo, mag-ampo ta. Labing halang nun, balaan nga Diyos. Salamat din kagabi, O Lord. Ilabinigin sa mga pulong. Kamagatabang ka namo. Sa pagpasabot ni ini, Lord God, nga diin, nakumbinsi ang mga ipangtawag ni mo karon ginoong Diyos. Pangabataan, O Lord. Mga lalaki o babae man. Kamagatabang ka nako. Without you, we can do nothing. God, the Holy Spirit, we need your help. Tingga gabi, O Nga diin na ay makutlo ang mga membro ni Mong Iglesia. Nga dili sayang ilang pag-anhidiri. Dalaygon ka ning kagabi yun, sa pangalan ni Jesus. Amen. Akong balikon mga igsuon. Uh, Paul's conversion and calling ang ato ang ato ang topic karon. And then my first point is Paul met Jesus. Paul met Jesus ang ato ang first point. 
Their meeting is the perfect time for Saul's conversion on his way to Damascus. He did not expect to meet Jesus. It was the crucial event of Saul's life because it was then that he knew about the Lord Jesus Christ. Meeting Jesus changed Saul's practice unbelief when he was persecuting Christians, hailing men and women to prison. Muna mga kaigsuunan sa dihang si Saulo, sa dilik pa siya Pablo, ang iyang ginahimo, ginapersecute niyang mga Christians. Iyahang gi, gipapriso ang uban, ang uban iyahapong gipapatay. At itong masampul niya si Stephen, no? or Stephen sa Bisaya, sa Acts chapter 7, hindi lang na ito basawal, pero naana siya diha. Acts chapter 7, no? Verse 57. Diyan, mga nakuha na ito diyan. Muna siya ang kining kinitig persecute sa, sa mga kristuhanon. And then, now he wanted to know God's plan in his life. Kuman nga nag met sila Jesus sa Damascus. And then, point number two, God calls Paul. God calls Paul, no? Mga ang point number two. After the event that took place in Damascus, Saul lost his sight. Mga nibantayan na ito mga kaigsunan. Ilabinigid sa nagatanaw karon Nga diin, dili na nato hulaton nga butaan pata sa ang buhi nga Diyos or piangan bata or pabuthan magranada atong tiil nga diin mo surrender kita sa Bible school karon na ang panahon nga diin mo paindron mo dress Bible Baptist Institute akong balikon mga kaigsuonan so God told him a certain disciple named Ananias welcome that he might receive his sight Though Ananias was hesitant knowing what Paul doing to the saints of Jerusalem, he obeyed God for what the Lord told him. In verse number 15 and 16, akong basahon. Paliwag sa inyong Biblia, verse, uh, verse, verses 15 and 16. Kung basahon din mga isuon. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is, he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name. And the kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Morning, pili gin si Saulo, mga kaigsuna, no? Atong mabasa dari sa Verses 15 to 16. Bisa nagdua-dua si Ananias tungod na sayod siya sa gibuhat ni Saulo sa mga Kristuhanon. Gituman niya ang sugo kaniya, busa mibalik ang pananaw ni Saulo. Ito masawan rin verse number 17. And then uh, verse 18. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, 
the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee, in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been skills, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And then, uh, Derita, Paul responded to his call. Paul responded to his call in verse number 20 at Pumasahon. Verse number 20. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Og diha diha iyang giwali si Kristo diha sa mga sinagoga nga siya mao ang anak sa Dios. Moning kaisog nga miwali gid si Saulo. And then, og sa dihang nalikod na si Saulo siya nakikuban sa mga disipulo. Pipila ka mga adlaw sa Damasco og mituman siya dayon sa plano sa Ginoo. Alang kaniya. Conclusion. Islugan says, government project don't delay. Ang pagtawag sa ginoo, ayaw na pagdugay-dugay, ayaw na paglangan-langan. God's calling also don't delay. If you, if you, ato sa basahon gamay, if God calls you in full-time service, never say no. But say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me in the mission field. You want blessings? Obey Him. And all the people say, Amen. Mag-ampo ta. You know, salamat ni kagabi yun sa imong mapulong Lord nga diin makumbinsi ang imong ipangtawag inong Diyos diya sa Bukidnon area, Lord, sa Davao Rintal, Og sa Dabaw di Oro ginoong Diyos. Nalaygon ka ni Kagabiyon sa pangalan ni Isos. Amen. Thank you, Brother Elmer. And moving on sa itong program, we'll hear a special number, an instrumental uh, special number uh, to be given by our graduating students. Our ladies are graduating students. Thank you. 
Thank you, ladies duet, for that instrumental special number. And once again, no, let us open our hearts and minds as uh, another graduate from our Bible school uh, will give us a message from the Word of God. Let's um, call Brother Jetro James Fernandez. Brother Jetro, please come. Mic test. Good evening to each and everyone. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the following people who have been a blessing or have, who have been blessing or have been an instrument in my life in the Bible school. First, I would like to thank my parents and my family and my wife for all your prayers, your support, and your encouragement. I would like to thank also Pastor Ingay, along with the faculty members, for your uh, wonderful lessons and teaching in the Bible School. Thank you for your time, your effort, for sharing your learnings in the ministry to us. I would like also to thank my classmates for the memories that we had. I would like to thank my friends and all the church members who encouraged me and supported me in prayers. And of course, above all, I would like to thank God who called me into the full-time ministry. Let me invite you tonight to please open your Bible in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and we are going to read verses 23 to 30. Hebrews eleven twenty-three to 30. The Bible says here, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them, Let's jump to verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this evening that you have given to us. We pray that you bless your word. May you challenge each and every one of us through thy word. We pray, O Lord, and commit everything to your hands. Guide me as I preach your word in this short time that you have given to us. May we be able to be encouraged by your word tonight. This we pray, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of this short message is Making Big Decisions in Life by Faith. Making Big Decisions in Life by Faith. Did you reach a point in life when you don't know what to do? When you are going to make a crucial decision, but it is no minor decision, for it will be your life the next 5 or 50 years from now. 
Are you at the middle of the crossroad? And you are facing so many choices, but somehow you don't have enough courage to do it. Unlike making minor decisions or choices which require less mental and, emotion, mental and emotional effort, such as our regular or daily decisions, the food that we eat, the dress to wear, the cologne to use, etc., big decisions, on the other hand, require a lot of prayers and thinking. Decisions in life are inevitable. We all will come to a point where we must make a big decision. Sometimes these big decisions in life are going to require us our faith in God. This kind of decision sometimes require or requires an uncompromising stand for our faith. Require courage, a lot boldness, of prayers, a sacrifice on our part, or giving up of personal ambitions and dreams. And sometimes it's painful. Our decision-making must for most consider one important person in our Christian life, that is God, our Lord and Master of our lives. Thus, with consideration, we would ask this question, does this decision I'm going to make will glorify God? You see, living by faith has become a very popular cliche or saying among Christians. But only few seem to realize the gravity or the seriousness of making big decisions by faith. Tonight, let me introduce to you three key personalities, ordinary people like you and me, who made big decisions for God by faith. Let us look at first and foremost in verse 23, Moses' parents' big decision. The Bible says here in verse 23, by faith, Moses when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. This verse talks about the faith of Moses' parents. The Pharaoh's charge was to all know, if you are familiar with the story of Exodus, Pharaoh's charge or Pharaoh's commandment was to, to cast all the sons, the baby boy, that are born into uh, that are born no, into the river. We can read that one in Exodus chapter one in verse twenty-two. We see here Moses' parents, Amram and Jochebed, defied the king's edict by faith. As you can see here, they hid the baby boy for three months, and when they saw that it was a proper child, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Moses' parents defied the king's edict by faith. They hid for three months and they preserved the life of Moses. And through the eyes of faith, Moses' parents saw in his face that God had chosen him for great things. His parents were led to preserve his life by their confidence in God. They believed that he was destined to some great purpose. Dear Christian parents, when you first saw the face of your child, did you ever think that God would use your child for God's glory? I know that as parents, you have great dreams for your children. Perhaps you dream of your child's future, career, a teacher, a doctor, an engineer, a businessman, a lawyer. But never in one time you dream 
of giving up your child for God in the ministry. The mother of Samuel, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 to 28, shows that she prayed for a child. A God answered her prayer. She then surrendered her child into the Lord. Most as parents believe that their child was destined to some important work. They thus committed him to God instead of complying with the command of the king. And they believed that it was possible that in some way he might be preserved alive. Truly, when Moses' mother let him go in the river by the ark of the bulrushes, God, by his divine intervention, led the baby boy into the arms of Pharaoh's daughter. Amazing how God rewarded the faith of Moses' parents. Moses' parents' big decision was to obey God rather than man and to believe God who hath called her child or their child for a divine purpose. The second decision was from Moses. In verse 24 and 20 to 28, we see Moses' big decisions. Moses responded to God positively despite the consequences. Atong tanawon, if you're going to observe the following adjective verb, or the verbs rather, the, the verbs, the action words. In verse number 24, we see he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses refused to be identified with the worldly things. Moses wanted to be identified with God's people. In verse 25, he chose to suffer than to enjoy the pleasure of sin. He was already for 40 years. He was staying in the, the palace in Egypt. A luxurious, a prestigious lifestyle as the prince, as the son of Dr. Sparrow. But secondly, in verse 25, he chose to suffer than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. And in verse 26, we see he chose the eternal reward than the earthly treasures of Egypt. And then, fourthly, he chose God over the power, the position, and possession that he has in Egypt. In verse 27, he was fearless because he had faith in God despite of the tempting offers. He still chose God. And lastly, he chose to obey God's command rather than obey his own will. And we see here, thirdly, a big decision from Israel. Israel's big decision to move forward. Verse 29 to verse number 30, it says here, By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land which the Egypts or Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. We see here that the decision to be made by the children of Israel to move forward and leave the place they were used to, the place was Egypt, was in fact a hard decision to make for the children of Israel. And secondly, to move forward when they were surrounded by impossibilities. At the Red Sea, they were surrounded with so many obstacles. When they move forward, they have the Red Sea. 
when they look back, they have the, children, the, the Egyptians, the army. It was life-threatening. But they trusted God to move forward and to defeat the unconquerable foes in the land or the promised land. You see, the land of Canaan was filled with heathen nations who do not believe God. And Israel's mission was to wipe out all the inhabitants of the land. Israel was very young, a very young nation. They had no great armies and weapons to fight all the, the Canaanites. But we see in verse 3, the first, verse 30, the first great obstacle was the wall of Jericho. To their conquest of the land was captured by the faith without battle. As I close, Hebrews 11, 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Faith in action. We, we read all the decisions that were made by these key personalities. Moses' parents, Moses himself, the children of Israel, including the faith of Joshua and Caleb. I must also say this, without faith, it is impossible to decide something for God. It is impossible to make these decisions like that of Moses' parents who defied the king's command and committed their child to the Lord. Moses' decision to refuse and reject the pleasures of this world. Israel's decision to move forward and fight. It was all enabled by faith. It was faith that enabled them to do what they did. As we make the big decisions in life, life is, consists of decisions. Minor, small, and big decisions. We all make decisions every day. We will surely be confronted with choices to live for God or to live for self and world gain. Sometimes these choices are very appealing to the flesh and our desires for Satan knows how to hinder God's work. God has a wonderful plan for our lives, but Satan, our number one enemy, will try his best to disalign our plans to God. But no matter how powerful and formidable our enemy, greater is he that is in you. As we decide to enlarge our vision as a church, and as individual for God, Satan will also try his best to limit and restrict us. But don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. You and me will make a decision. We will make a big decision. But don't be afraid and don't be discouraged because no Christian battle is fought alone. God will be with you always. Remember, faith is the victory. Father God in heaven, thank you so much for that short message, dear Father. May you continually challenge us and guide us as we make big decisions that will most importantly glorify you. Thank you for everything, and this we pray, O oh Lord Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jethro. And I like what Brother Jethro quoted. Greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. And um, before we hear another message from the Word of God, 
Let us hear another special number through a pre-recorded video um, from our graduate, our graduates and students of our Bible Baptist Institute. Let's put our eyes on our video screen and let's let us hear the special number.
Thank you, special number, and I hope and pray that uh, the song prepared our hearts and minds no, for uh, another message from the Word of God. And this message, this message will be given uh, to us by our Bible Baptist Institute president and our pastor, Reverend Anselmo B. Ingay. Thank you very much, Mark, and good evening. This is the first time we do this kind of graduation exercises. And uh, we thank the Lord that we're still able to do it in spite of, you know, the protocols we strictly observe. Your Bible, please, in book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, we are going to read verses 11 to 16. And tonight, I'm speaking a subject entitled, God's Call to the Mission Field. God's Call to the Mission Field. Ezekiel chapter 34, we are reading verses number 11 up to 16. Share your Bible, please. <clears throat> verse 16 to verse Verse 11 to 16, Ezekiel 34. The Bible says in verse number 16, I will seek that which was lost. I mean, verse 11, For thus said the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my ship and seek them out as a shepherd seeking out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in the good fold and in a fat pasture they shall, shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. And then verse 16, which is the key verse to our message tonight. I will seek, God says, that which was, number one, lost. And bring them again, that which was driven away. That's number two. And then number three, I will bind them up. And then that was broken. And number four, I will strengthen that which was sick. There are four things God intends to do as our example in seeking the lost. And I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Our Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you for the word of God. And Lord, thank you for the ministry of the Baptist, Bible Baptist Institute. It's been 59 years 
since it was started by Reverend Shot. And we thank you, Lord, for we have seen um, missions have been started all throughout the area of Mindanao. This Bible school has trained people that went as far as Sambuanga, General Santos, Marbel, Pulumulo. It has gone through places like, like in Bukidnon and, and all provinces of the Dabo region. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to train, giving us the heart and uh, the patience, the Father, to train these men and women who are called into the full-time service to the Lord. And we, by the grace of God, intend to, to continue the work of God. And with your blessings and your, your uh, wisdom be upon us, dear Lord, with the support of the members of the church, this ministry will continue that so that we can, Lord, enlarge our visions for missions. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God's call to the mission field. In Ezekiel 34, we find God's accusation against those men whom he has called to be shepherds of Israel. In verse 1, they have failed to feed the flock. The Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, God unto the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves, and should not the shepherds feed the flock. I like that. Should not the sheep feed the flock? They have failed to feed the flock. Uh, talking about the nation of Israel as a whole. In Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it's a command for every full-time worker and every, every child of God. Study. The first word is to study. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. It is a call for us to study the word of God. And then as we go back to Ezekiel 34 verses 4 to 8. We can read it verse 4 to 8. Uh, the disease have ye not strengthened? Neither have ye healed that which was sick? That was the failure of those who are called of God to be shepherds. They're supposed to strengthen those who are dying. They're supposed to provide healing to those who are sick. And neither have ye bound up that which was broken. Neither have ye uh, brought again that which was driven away. Neither have ye sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. Oh, can you imagine? There, there are people dying and going to hell simply because those who are called of God refuse to do their job. In Luke chapter 10, verse number 2, Jesus said, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest, the harvest of souls truly is great or plenteous, but the laborers are few. And then he says, Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers 
into his harvest. The harvest is great. What is this harvest? Jesus Christ is not a farmer. Therefore, he cannot be talking about physical harvesting of fruits or grain. What Jesus is talking about is a spiritual harvesting of people. It is an illustration of the good news of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and it is the offering of forgiveness of sins to the, to the, to the world and the reconciling of man with God. The harvest refers to the great commission Jesus gave in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always or always, even unto the end of the world. God revealed to prophet Ezekiel the neglected responsibility of those who are called of God to preach. But refused to go to the mission field, refused to, to provide the teaching that the people need. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? And look at verse number 4. Read verse of the disease. Have you not strengthened? Neither have you healed that which was sick. Neither have you broken up that which was um, bound up that which was broken. Can you imagine that? And then look at verse number, verse number 5. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field. And they were scattered. Verse number 6. My sheep wandered through all the mountains. And upon every high hill. Yet my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search or seek after them. That is the work of God. It's the work of God. And then he says, God says in verse number 16, I will seek that which was lost and bring again. Thank God for his concern. Yes. Yes, he is so concerned. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. I will seek that which was lost. And bring again that which was driven away. I will bind up that which was broken. And I will strengthen that which was sick. Can you imagine? God's desire. God's desire. And uh, how to heal and find those who are lost. You see, God has entrusted his work into the hands of the church. God has commissioned the church. As I have made mention this morning, God calls uh, God's calling to the ministry to spread the gospel is laid upon the, the hand of the church and it is laid upon the hand of those who are individual who are called of God. You see, God has no hands. Uh, Annie, Annie Johnson Flint said, God has no hands but our hands to do his work today. God has no feet but our feet to lead others in his way. God has no voice but our voice to tell others how he died. And God has no help but our help to lead them to his side. God is calling people. God is calling our church. Number one, God wants the church and individual believers to see the world in four 
unpitiable conditions. God wants us to see the world in four horrible, pitiable conditions. I will seek, first of all, that which was lost. Underline that. Secondly, that which was driven away. And then thirdly, I will bind up that which is broken. And then fourthly, I will strengthen that which was sick. Spiritually speaking, Christ is lost. I will seek that which was lost. Are we seeking the loss? Spiritually speaking, a person without Christ is lost. In Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15 well illustrates that. We find a clear revelation of what it means to be lost. What does it mean to be lost? In Luke chapter 15, open your Bible please. In the book of Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 in your Bible please. Look at verse 3 to verse number 7. The story about the lost ship. The lost ship. In verse number 3, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, What man of you having an hundred ship, if he lose one of them, that not he live nineteen and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it. Lost. See the story of the lost ship. Lost because of foolishness. That's the reason. The ship, this ship is lost because of foolishness. Ship here always has, now you see, uh, need, um, the ship here always has the tendency to go astray. All without ship have gone astray. And that is why they need a shepherd. In Isaiah 53 verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone into his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In Luke chapter 15 verses 8 up to verse number 10, we have the lost coin. The lost coin in verse number 8. Either what man, woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, that not light a candle and ship, sweep the house and, and seek diligently till she find it. The lost coin, the coin was lost because of, of carelessness of another. Lost because of foolishness. And that's the attitude, characteristic uh, that belongs to the ship. And then the lost coin, it was lost because of carelessness of another. These two uh, parables help us understand something of what it means to be lost. It means being out of place. Ship belong to the flock, coins belong to the chain, and lost sinners belong in fellowship with God. You see, to be lost means being out of service, out of fellowship with God. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone into his own way. And then verses 11 to 24, we have the parable of the lost son. First the parable of the lost ship, the parable of the lost coin, and now we have the parable of the lost, the prodigal son. Notice three things. Now this prodigal son had experienced, verses 11 to 16, he experienced rebellion. Note that rebellion. 
he went to he, he went to the far country what does it mean he was rebelling against the will of his father he was discontented with his father and then in verse 12 twice twice the word me he said look at verse number 11 and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that fall it to me twice he said me me and uh, it is said by the prodigal son you see thomas hurley said a man's worst difficulties begin when he's able to do just as he likes it begins when 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 he feels that he can do just as he likes i want to do this nobody can prevent me nobody can can say no to me i will do this i will do this me me how true yes we're always heading for trouble whenever we value things more than people pleasure more than duty and distances more than the blessings we have right at home look at this young man but life in the far country was not what he expected let me say it again life in a far country was not what he expected his resources ran out his friends left him a famine came and the boy was forced to do he was forced to uh, to do for a stranger what he would not do for his own father go to work he was told to go to work where did he go feeding the swine which is not permitted for the Jews to do. What this son thought would bring him freedom brought him slavery. Instead of success, he, get, he, he got failure. The boy threw, uh, he, he thought that, that he would find himself, but he lost, he only lost himself. When God is left out of our lives, enjoyment, becomes enslavement when god is left out of our lives enjoyment remember this becomes enslavement number one here experienced rebellion but in verse 17 to 19 thank god he experienced through repentance he came to himself he came he said verse 18 i will arise and go to my father yes there is forgiveness when we decide to come uh, come back to our father in verse 20 number 3 to verse 24 he experienced rejoicing first there was rebellion and then there was repentance and then there was rejoicing verse 20 24 he came to his father this father pictures to us the attitude of our heavenly father towards sinners who repent see like god we are to bring back to God that which was driven away now and uh, he says they're going back first of all he said I will in, in our text in, in the book of Ezekiel going back to Ezekiel verse number 16 Ezekiel verse number verse number 34 and verse number 16 chapter 34 and verse number 16 34 verse 16 I will seek that which was lost Number two, I will bring that which was driven away. In the Bible, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. 
You see, we need to, like God, we need to bring back to God that which is driven away. As God's people, as individual preachers called by God, we are to seek that which was lost. As a church, we are to seek that which was lost. That is God's commission. And number two, we are to bring back that which is driven away. In Mark 5, verses 1 to 20, there is a man who was demon-possessed. This man's life would exactly tell us of what it means to be driven away. Time will not permit me to read Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, and verses 1 to 20. This man was driven away from home. He was driven away from the fellowship of his family and his friends. There are many things he, he, we, we, would, we would ask about him. How about his children? How about his wife? How about his parents? And maybe he used to have a good job. This man was living in, in the tombs. Totally has lost decency. Living like wild animals. Screaming. And had lost all the people. And, and had lost peace and, and purpose for living. He was lost. He was driven away, living in the, among the tombs. We need to bring him back. Let us look at another angle at the story. We can look at the role of the society. Society have done their part, but was not able to accomplish very much. We said, well, uh, we, can, we can look at the uh, four or five million drug addicts in the Philippines today. And yeah, we have a good president who has a, a moral recovery program and trying to recover the drug addicts. Let, let the president do the job. No, it's the job of the Bible Baptist Church to bring them back. It's the job of every soul winner to win them to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what the society have done to this man. Society have done their part but was not able to accomplish very much, I say. The most thing that society can do for the problem of the problematic people is to isolate them. Put them under guard and, and if necessary, bind them. That is what they did to this man. Luke 8 verse 29, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of, 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 of the man for open times he had been they had, he, it had caught him and was kept bound with chains in fetters and break the bonds and was driven out, uh, driven of the devil into the wilderness. How open they would bind this man. But the devil will give him strength and just lose himself. Why? You know what, what our government have done? You know, um, they, 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 they try to confine these drug addicts, but you know, government can do little. Look at drug addiction in our country today, that's worsen and worsen and worsen. You know what the answer is? The answer is Jesus Christ. The answer to our country, to our nation's problem is the Lord Jesus Christ. Unless we go out and bring them back, unless we go out and bring them and spread the gospel, the hope of our country and the hope of the world is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, God.
God says, I will bind up that which was broken. That's number three. And uh, we find in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 to 35, the parable of the Good Samaritan. In verse 31, the priest passed by on the other side, which represents ritualism and ceremonialism, which cannot save a person. You say, we have the Mormon, and we have the Catholic Church, we have the Iglesia in Manalo. Let them do their job. God has put the responsibility among us Christians. We are the hope. We cannot say, well, uh, how about this? So many churches now, beautiful buildings built by the Mormons, beautiful, great buildings built by the Iglesia de Manalo. My friend, the hope lies in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The hope lies in the hands of the preachers God has called. The same must go out. We have the hope for those people. Let's bring them back. Look at this. Man was robbed and he was half dead. The priest passed by on the other side. In verse 34, then there was a Levi came by and he too passed by on the other side. He represents legalism, neither ritualism, ceremonialism, nor legalism, and religion can save. When these things could not do anything to help man, when those religious people cannot do anything to help that wounded man, Christ came. He came what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. In Psalm 147, verses 2 and 3, the Lord that bind uh, up Jerusalem and gathered together out the outcast of Israel, he healeth the broken in hearts and bindeth up their wounds. Yes. We need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Another thing, again, God says, I will strengthen that which is, which was sick. Out of the best illustration we can. See in the Bible about spiritual sickness is John chapter 5 verses 1 to 8. The healing of the impotent man at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus saw him lie. He must constantly, we must constantly see lost and dying condition of the world. And, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. 38 years. But his complaint was, Sir, I had the opportunity many times, but no man. There was no man. There is no preacher. They're called of God, but there is no preacher. There's no Christian that would come and help me find the great help, find salvation. Number two here, God issues a solemn call that needs the response of every one tonight, every child of God tonight, if you are here tonight, you cannot honestly say, if death will come to me, I know I will go to heaven, friend, tonight, you need to be saved. The reason why we're having these services, the reason why we have this mission program, the reason why we have the Bible Baptist Church, the only purpose we exist is to win the loss of Jesus Christ. Notice also, number three, I have no more time, what God intends. 
what God, you see, what God intended us to be. Ye shall be witnesses. Acts 1 verse 8, ye shall be witnesses unto me. This is the greatest commission of Christ for you and me as a church. Ye shall be witnesses. Why did Jesus put soul winning as the number one command for Christians? Because soul winning is the only way we can save souls. We can save men out of hell. We need to see constantly people. Are we in the business of bringing the lost to the saving knowledge of Christ? Are we in the business of bringing them those who are wounded? God is calling us. God is our example. There is a constant cry of the lost. Come over and help us. No man cares for my soul. I hope he would respond. And one of the one of the best ways we can respond to God's calling is to give for missions, is to pray for the work of God, is to support our local church so that this work called of God can go and represent us in the field. Let us pray, Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for all things we have observed. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your great mercy to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Amen. And all of God's people say, Amen. As president of the Bible Baptist Church, and by the power vested on me, I would like to ask the graduating students to please rise and remain standing. And the power vested on me as the president of the Baptist Bible Fellowship, I mean, and, and Institute, I now declare you graduates of our school year 2020 and 2021. And all of God's people say, Amen. I need the certificate, the diploma. If you wish to apply in Malacanang, you can use this. This will be honored, or you want to apply in the White House, uh, you will be, you'll be accepted. Now, this is purely for the work of God. Amen. And uh, also the churches gift for our graduates, every one of them. Um, may I call now <clears throat> Dano Elmer, please come up. He's, by the way, is praying to start to work either in in Katil or in uh, Caraga, Dabo Oriental. So let's be praying for Brother Elmer and also pray that somebody will is going to, you know, go with him, willing to go with him. And uh, Brother Elmer, let me give you this. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. We have Jethro James Fernandez. Father Jethro, God bless you. And uh, amen. 
Next we have Abdul Sohara. Please come up. Congratulations. We have Sister uh, Linas Noralin, please come up. God bless you. Congratulations. And all of God's people say, Amen. May I now call Sir Greg to give us the announcement and the closing prayer. Okay, thank you, Pastor, for uh, that. And again, congratulations to all the graduates with the BBI. And we are praying for you, wherever uh, God will call you. And uh, we are behind you that uh, souls will be saved. Okay, so I have very few announcements, but it's important. Uh, let's pray for our faith promise goals of 110,000 per week, a total of 5.72 million for the year. If you haven't uh, given your uh, card, faith promise card, kindly drop them in our drop boxes at the back. Okay, so next, let's continue to pray for our new mission. Remember, sa San Roque, Bislig, Surigao del Sur, it was... Uh, last November, December, and uh, Brother Edwin Bonifacio, Brother Jamba is working uh, on that area. Let's pray for the operation of Brother Edward Alvareco. It was postponed, and hopefully by God's grace tomorrow he will be operated. And of course, uh, good health for Brother Doming Tejano, Amamnitz Tejano, Ulmino Go, Wela Go, Alan Sibiliano, Franklin Hora as well. Louis Dui, anak ni doktora, uh, June Batau, and all the frontliners, and of course, all the members of our church. Let's pray for the uh, Guerrero, Guerrero Church Camp, ato ang camp, no? Uh, I was told by Pastor Ingay, the main gate construction would be uh, started anytime, hopefully by next week, then to be followed by uh, the multi-purpose building in the coming weeks or months. And we all still have calendars at the back, so if you haven't got one, uh, so I'd like to encourage you to get one of those. So no changes on our Sunday services, including the Wednesday prayer meeting schedule. Okay, if you have concern as usual, you can call our uh, church number. And for those... Uh, 
want to uh, send prayer requests, you can also do that. Okay, so what else? So we have a visitor right now from Agdao Davao City, invited by Noralyn. We'd like to welcome Nekanor Roman. Can you please stand, Nekanor Roman? A round of applause for our visitor. Thank you for being with us. So that's all for my announcement. And at this time, let's all stand up for our closing prayer. So we praise God that He has given us victory today. Dapabit Church, thank you so much for being here physically. And also our members who are there watching us, joining us, especially our first-time visitor. If this is your first time, you're happy that you're here with us tonight. Okay, so let's close our eyes, bow down our heads, and let us pray. Heavenly Father and loving God, thank you once again for tonight that you have uh, given us victory uh, for the 59th Bible Baptist Institute graduation ceremony. And uh, we are happy, we are glad, this joy in our hearts that there were four students who had made it and graduated uh, from this institute. And uh, we'll continue to pray for them, their father. And we pray that you'll uh, guide them, lead them to where they should be in terms of mission. Thank you for our pastor uh, giving us uh, the word of God regarding God's call to the mission field in the book of Ezekiel. And we learn, we are reminded that the harvest is plentiful, that there are so many souls still in the dark, but the laborers are few. Help us, O oh God, as Christians, to be able to be part of that uh, laborers for the harvest, which is part of the Great Commission. Help us, O oh God, that we'll be able to see the world, the spiritual situation. We'll be able to seek the lost. We'll bring them and bind them to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and strengthen or motivate those who are sick spiritually, those who are discouraged the service to God, that there will be revival in their lives so that they will be able to continue sharing the good news of salvation. Lord, thank you for victory today. Thank you for saving our souls. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for what you have done in our lives. Thank you for being faithful. Help us to be faithful as well as we are about to go. Bless your people, dear Father. And thank you for everything. And all this we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My Savior and our Savior, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless us all and good evening.